experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the final piece of the Players Championship Puzzle. This is the live chat, the weather update, picks update, ownership projections, and a whole lot more. I even put together a to-make-the-cut parlay simply for the benefit of you, the viewer out there, because I'm not going to lie to you, it's probably a guaranteed loser. But if it's somewhat close, it is going to really ratchet up the intensity of the Cut Sweat Live show coming Friday around 3.30, 3.45 p.m. Eastern Time here on the DraftKings YouTube channel and the Pat Mayo Experience Facebook page and at the PME on Twitter where you can watch it through Periscope that way. It'll make it a whole lot of fun if we're actually sweating something. As devotees to the show may remember, I had a 16-leg to make the cut parlay at the Masters on the Cut Sweat Show two years ago, and Jason Duffner decided to triple bogey a par five to make that lose. That was not fun, but we won last year's, and the players is just an absolute shit show to begin with, so I assume like half these guys are probably going to miss the cut, but if someone's in contention, you can just watch me melt down live when they like four putt from inside five feet or something like that, but I do want to let everyone know there still are spots remaining in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open, like 400, 300 spots. Let's get that filled pretty quickly. I want to do 10,000 for the Masters, or at least 7,500 for the Masters. If we can get to 4,000 by like midday today, then we're going to be looking pretty good to be on the right track to do that. The link is in the description of this video and podcast. I will be taking your questions here momentarily once I go through my entire spiel about the weather and everything like that. And then Reed Fowler will be joining me. He was just at Sawgrass earlier this week, so he has the inside the ropes info of what you need to know. But let's get this started right now. Oh no, the giveaways. Everyone's here for the giveaways. So here's what you do. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something you like about the show. That's the easy part. Now, if you do that, you'll be in a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Now, if we get over 3,000 five-star reviews, and we're inching very close to that, then I'm probably going to double or triple the amount of $100 giveaways that I'm doing. You want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars? Smash the like button of the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section of the video and tell me, which player who you think is going to be the highest owned that you are using zero shares of this week in the DraftKings Millionaire Maker or any DraftKings contest that you're going to enter? You're like, oh, man, Rory's going to be 40% owned. Not playing that guy because that's what I'm doing. So Rory's probably guaranteed to win at this point. But, hey, sometimes you got to make a, a hard stance on a lot of this stuff. Hey, Colin Morikawa projected 23%. Not playing him. I'll play Billy Horschel at 5% right below him. Maybe these are some of the decisions that you're making because they're the ones that I made. So probably you don't want to do those. We can find other, like, better pivot plays if you want to get off some of this chalk ownership. Let's talk about the weather to really kick things off. And after watching PGA National at the Honda Classic, Bay Hill at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the first two weeks in Florida, well, it benefited our bank accounts, hitting the winners in both of those. Uh, it doesn't look like the wind is going to pick up. The most I can see right now, and I'm looking at the wind finder. If you want to go to it, you can go to windfinder.com and type in which station am I using? Jacksonville Beach Haven. It appears to be the closest one to the course. There is another wind finder station that's directly on the coast. And this course isn't directly on the ocean. It's a little bit inland, a few miles inland. So, so is this weather tower. So I think it's more indicative of how the wind is really going to come. Now it is the wind. It can just come out of nowhere and start swirling like crazy, but based on projections and Thursday and Friday, are really all we can figure out a max when the players are on the course of a consistent six miles per hour, gusts up to nine, 
Halloween. That's like one-fifth of what it was last Saturday. Uh, and then on Friday, it's almost the exact same thing. The first time when may play a factor is later for the leaders on Saturday, but even by then it could be completely changed and it could be completely benign as well. So I wouldn't factor in any AM PM splits. Maybe you want to play them anyway, just in case you think that wind might show up. I don't think that there's any discernible advantage on either side. Play as many mixed lineups as you want as it pertains to DraftKings this week or betting first round leaders or playing showdown contests. I would keep up to date with the weather day to day and look at the super forecast just to see if there are little pockets where maybe you can exploit a little bit of an advantage for showdown or jump on a player who might be a bit behind but going out in a later wave is a live bet but that's where we're at the to make the cut parlay here's what we're going with here Actually, no, I'm going to save this one. I'm going to give you my betting card first. Then we'll bring in Reed Fowler. So my final betting card, and I do have room to add probably a guy or two to this. I'm trying to save some bullets for the actual live in play. So I kept it, for me, pretty thin. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like that detective's dick in Deuce Bigelow. You know, it's thin. It's like a Twizzler. But outright winner, I've been on him all week, Patrick Cantley. I grabbed him at 28 to 1. He is available at 25 to 1 in a lot of spots. I'd play that too. Paul Casey, Tony Finau. Two losers who I enjoyed a bet. They're both 60 to 1 this week. I'm on them both. I played the top six each way for one fourth of that payout at 15. So 15 to 1 on the same bet. That's how the each way works. The bombs I'm playing Snedeker, 100 to 1 with the each way. Ryan Palmer, 200 to 1 with the each way. And Brendan Todd, the Todd father himself dominates short courses makes birdies and bunches there's no wind and he loves bermuda grass think of him as i'm playing the two homeless men like ryan palmer is the homeless man's gary woodland brendan todd is the homeless man's webb simpson and you get them at over 200 to 1 let's go with that those are my guys this week top 10s on palmer and todd as well at 10 and 12 to 1 in the top 20s i've played jimmy walker plus 750 the gooch at plus 750 mark hubba hubbard plus 850 and jason duffner at 9-1 to one to come inside the top 20. And you win one of those, you double your money, you're good to go. First round leaders, Palmer, Harris English, 100-1. to one. HV3, 110-1. to one. The Gooch, 125-1. to one. Duffner and Hubbard, 150-1. to one. Burns and Andrew Landry at 175-1. to one. I played all of those with a top five each way. Uh, I know it sucks that a lot of people don't have those, and that's really one of the keys to my first-round leader bet strategy. Like last week, Burns falls out of the lead. He falls into a T5. Bizenut ends up inside the top five. I at least get a partial split on that and gain a little bit of my money. End up like, if I invest 100 bucks, I think I got back like 120 something like that but it does allow you to tread water week after week until you can finally hit one so those are my plays i'm going with cantley as my one and done feinberg's going with ricky fowler after attempting to pick gary woodland for the eighth consecutive week and cust trying to go back to back with one and done winners at the players with the same player he is taking rory mcelroy reed fowler from dk live you're on the line back from sawgrass how was it it's awesome it was awesome. You're talking about the weather. What I found really interesting, so I was only there for two days, Monday and Tuesday. We got in Sunday night. And uh, right around 12 o'clock, 1230, right around noon, the wind started to really pick up. And so even though the forecast said 8 to 60 miles per hour for like a two-hour stretch, and again, this can, this can vary day to day, especially down there because this course is wide open. Right around that time, it was extremely gusty. The clouds came in, and around 3 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock, it started to, to burn off and the clouds started to go away and the sun came out and it was still a little windy. So that was something I found very interesting is because we did a lot of our stuff too around that time. And, you know, with audio and wind, you just <laughs> you recognize it. And that's something that you think about. So 
that's really interesting. So that's if you want to kind of take that into consideration, um, that's something to think about. So you heard my betting card. Where have you fallen here? Because I'm I'm willing to be talked yeah. into someone else. And we'll go over to my make the cut parlay before we get into the chat. But who are you betting this week? I'm going to guess. Yeah, so I got Xander at 25 to 1. There it is. Uh, I just like the approaches are so nice. Get him on, on faster Bermuda greens. He's a lot better. Like he's his putting right now stinks. But I think if, if you get him on this course, get him with the approach, I think he's right there. And his number hasn't really changed, right? And so the, the sentiment on him is kind of, you know, it's, it's so-so. Bryson at 20. Uh, on DK Sportsbook, he went down, I believe, to 2,200 or 22 to 1. I think he opened up a little higher than that. So I, I was tempted to go with Bryson. I mean, he's murdering the ball. I mean, he's fantastic right now off the tee. I know Rick's on him and a couple other guys. Went off of him. So I got Bryson at, or excuse me, Xander at 25, Dustin at 25 to 1. I went Feinberg as well. I mean, if you look at that number, it just seems off. You guys are talking about it on Monday. And you got Sanjay right there. So I got Dustin 25 to 1. And then we were talking about it before we came on. Tony Finau, I saw this guy up close and if you've been following me for any any stretch because i've said it probably every single week even when he's not playing i'm a huge female fan this guy is he's six four i mean like a true six four he looks relaxed like he always does i got him at 50 to one um and then polter polter is very interesting i'm still deciding what to do with polter he's at 110 to one for the outright but his first round leader is at 90 to one it's interesting he has a late t draw but if you look at his first rounds, I believe over the, like the last eight first rounds, he's gained strokes through approach in those the last eight and seven of the last eight and six of the last eight. He's gained strokes in putting. So this guy truly, and if you just look at over his last, I believe, half dozen or so events, he's gotten a few top fives in the first round. I got to go back and, and look at the exact numbers of how many rounds that goes through. But he's got top fives over, over that span over the first round and he loves this course. I mean, he hasn't missed a cut here, I believe in six goes. Um, and, and when you get him on a Pete Dye course, Stroh's game tee to green, he's one of the better ones in the field and the putting is there. I saw him practicing on, uh, on Tuesday late on 18 and he was by himself. So maybe, maybe he's concentrating, maybe he's getting in the zone. Um, so I like Poulter. I'm not, I'm still trying to debate whether I want to go first round leader. The value is probably more on the outright, but Poulter is someone I'm looking at as well. Yeah, it could be a decent top 10 play over an outright yeah. winner when it pertains to Ian Poulter. So where I'm at with my betting card, like I have a guy at 28 and then no one until 60 and then guys over 100. Like I have room to add people if I want to. The problem is after Cantlay, I like kind of everyone the same. And that's the issue. Like maybe you can talk me into Dustin Johnson, but I also like Adam Scott and he's coming in at 30 to 1, 35 to 1 in some spots. I feel, And there's three guys that I feel like I'm a sucker if I don't even consider like Brooks at 40 to one. I know it hasn't been great shakes for Brooks Kepka recently, but 40 to one is just such a gigantic number that it kind of blows my mind to look at. And the other two Rose is now 70 to one and Stenson is 80 to one. Now I was on these idiots last week and they were horrible, <laughs> but like Stenson gained a ton through approach last week. He just couldn't drive the ball, but maybe getting him back at a place where you know, he knows he doesn't need to have any extra distance. And Rose was just really, he lost over five strokes putting in two rounds. He gained on approaches that, you know, he may have all the new clubs back in the bag this time around. You very rarely see that quality of player coming in at the odds. Like Rose opened at 45, went to 60. He's now down to 70. That, I don't know. It's either like Dustin Scott or Brooks, maybe one of those guys, and then add on a Justin Rose, a Stenson, or potentially even a Billy Horschel, or do I just say, screw it, 
and just wait for the first round to play out and use fantasynational.com slash PME if you want 20% off. See who's ball striking well, didn't make any putts day one, and just jump on them. Yeah, I mean, if you want to attack the Rose angle, I, I was on, I, I told you in that Stenson call and I and, uh, didn't go with Rose because I've been there before and Rose absolutely buried a lot of my DK lineups. And so uh, I was with there with you on Stenson because it was, you know, it's there, right? You look at this tournament and I think you guys mentioned it earlier in the week is that you see these, these A, these huge leads, uh, lead changes and that, again, could be part and parcel of the weather if it picks up and the wind gusts coming through and then also the course, right? How the course is set up for those lead changes and of those guys it's out of these older guard guys like a Stenson, like a Rose or the rookies. If you look at Rose, if you, over the last 36 rounds on die courses, he ranks 11th in T to green. So if you like his approach coming into this, now getting experience on these Bermuda greens, he's fast to get blown out because of the wind, the sun's beating down, whatever it may be. You saw the irons get back to normal. Guy comes in and says, I got to make some damn putts. He gets on that putting green a little bit more. His T to green game is there. Like that's that's he is surgical when it comes to his irons, so I don't mind that at all. But I'd rather wait. Unlike you, I'd rather wait to see how these guys play it out. This is the first big tournament, right? It's that's not a major, but it's the first big tournament of these guys' career, and the PJ is going to do everything they can to bolster the the energy around this this event. So I'd rather wait and see and save a bullet because look what happened with guys who got on Sunday last week. I mean, you, you got a lot of tickets out there with Sunday when you actually waited and see how the course played out. So I'm going to reserve the right to add one more to the betting outright card or two long shots if I end up going like Stenson and Rose. It's probably one of those top three guys, Brooks, Scott, or DJ, and then maybe two of Rose. Like, it's going to be one or the other, the two or one of the guys at the top. I'll release that after the show when I make the To Make the Cut parlay public. But here it is for viewers of the show. You want to you want to take a flyer on a 101 to 1 to make the cut parlay? Does that, does that interest you, Reed? Yes, it does. It always vicariously through you, Pat. It interests me. And they're always the best part of the gut sweats, to be honest. So here we go. So it pays 100 It's a 13-player to make the cut parlay. $10 gives you $111. Patrick Cantlay, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kapka, Reed, I almost said Reed Fowler, Ricky Fowler, Bjorn Hun Ann, Ryan Moore, Graham McDowell, Harris English, Henrik Stenson, Ryan Palmer, Tony Finau, Billy Horschel, and your guy, Ian Poulter. Those 13 players make the cut. 144 players, top 65 in ties, play the weekend. I'll be $1,000 richer. Who do you feel most confident that is not going to make the cut out of that girl? Who are you most scared of? Strangely, it's like Stenson. Yeah, I was going to say. Last week scared like scared everyone. I'm not playing Stenson this week. Um, but Did- look, I mean, like Florida, why do we like Gary Woodland at this course, right? I mean, yes, he's playing good. But he clubbed down guy at the Florida course. I mean, Stenson is that's his that's his thing. Um, so uh, I just I can't do it. I'll be rooting you on because those those are the best. But uh, I can't do it with Stenson. That scares me too. Uh, injuries of concern. Although you may look like him, you are not Jason Day. But you did <laughs> see Jason Day when you were at Sawgrass. Uh, fill us fill yeah. in the viewers on how he's yeah. prancing around the grounds. So my source, this is a quality, this is a very quality source. The guy who checked me in at the hotel, like at <laughs> 1030 on Sunday night, you're talking, I told him we were DraftKings, and he's like, Oh, who do you guys like? Who do you like? And I'm like, Oh, I Jason day at 50 to one. I think he was at the time. It interests me. And he's like, man, I saw him come in. I checked him in. He did not look good. He looked really injured. It was like very, very, like he was holding his back. And I mean, this guy knew who the players were. So I don't, take it for the isn't i don't take that to, to account in, in its entirety but 
he was saying that he looked really injured and was walking very gingerly. And so on Monday, we got a chance to do some stuff in the 17th green. And Jay Day so happened to be there and didn't have any club in his hand, no putter. Uh, the cat, I don't know if it was his caddy or his manager, whoever it was, he was just talking, but he was walking very, very gingerly onto 17 green or off. Now, take it for what it's worth, right? Because we, Jay Day, when he's injured or when he's got a bout of vertigo, the next tournament, we're all off and he wins. So take that with a grain of salt, but he is definitely uh, coming in with something. It's reminding me a lot. Not, I mean, it's, it's a lot like the Jason Day situation from last year when he yeah. withdrew from the API and then came eighth at the players. But it's a mm-hmm. lot like that Tony Finau incident from the Masters two years ago when everyone thought he oh. broke his ankle and then no one used him, but then he came fifth at the Masters. It was like, oh, really should have used Tony Finau. Like, no one's going to use Jason Day this week. No. And I have him in, so I'm playing 20 lineups this week. I'm playing 20 in the Millionaire Maker, then I'm playing some three maxes, my contests, some single entries. But I have him in three of 20 lineups right now. But I left enough money in those lineups because I have no Justin Rose at the moment. But I left, I left enough money to pivot up to him because when we talk about like ownership percentages, those are the two guys in the $8,000 area that no one is using. No, not at all. I mean, you're probably going to go higher, right, with guys like Fowler, Hideki, um, Sanjay. But no, no one's using those guys. And if you're going low and you're using Fantasy National, you're looking at Casey woodland guys we talked about yeah it's that's that's good and that's that's also something to note too that if you want to do that late swap kind of what you guys do like what we do in nba right that late swap if guys are injured make sure that you have you're going up as opposed to guys right that you would want to pay more for and have to go down because mentally you probably think well i'm getting guys of lesser quality if i have to pay down so it's just a little game theory note well, the, the whole reason was I'm, I want to use Jason Day. I mean, the history is here, and then I'm taking yeah. the chance that no one's going to use him. So I want another. Like, he's a piece to, like, some of my low ownership combinations. Like, I had him in with a lot of Cantlay, who I expect to be popular. I'm using some Justin Thomas. He's going to be popular. It's hard to get away from ownership at the top if you're going to use guys that have any sort of price tag next to them. But Rose is just the logical other one because he's going to be, like, 4% owned or something. That just That switch makes a lot more sense than me going from – Day to Sungjae, who everyone's going to have. Like, looking at the ownership right now, Rory is projected to be by far the highest owned player. I'm not using any Rory this week. I'm just going to fade the ownership, hope Rory doesn't come inside the top five, and then all of a sudden you're looking a lot better. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Jason Day, I mean, the last four, the last four events of this guy, and he's withdrawn the, the tournament or the week previous. It's what, an eighth, a fifth, and a first, and like a 60th, right? Uh, I believe when, uh, who was that? Si Wu won in 2017. But man, you, you're talking about getting a guy at 4% where Fantasy National has him at, 4% ownership. That is, that, that's, that's wild. So what you're doing with Rory, I'm actually doing with Morikawa. And look, it's, it's not, uh, if you like Morikawa, and I think, I know you do, um, and the stat, like the, the stat sheets are, are fantastic. He's playing fantastic. If you listen to his presser this morning, it was really interesting. He said that, even though a Pete Dye course, right, makes you kind of switch the way you hit the ball, he said he's going to play his fade no matter what. He's not going to play a hook if, if, the, if the shot calls for, or excuse me, for a draw. He's not going to do that. He's going to stick to his game, and he's going to do that because that's what's been getting him to this point. Okay, great. He's made every single cut, so clearly it works on some level. But if he, if for whatever reason he needs to hit a draw and he decides, you know what, I'm being too stubborn, I need to play my game, especially now with his two boys, his friends in that group, I'm, I'm sort of playing the whole narrative street and it's probably going to blow up in my face, but I'm thinking, I'm doing the same thing with Morikawa because he, that's, that's interesting that he hasn't missed a cut yet. All of this ownership is on this guy. And when he said that, I kind of put the nail in the coffin for me. 
And it does become a thing, too. Like, no one was really talking about Morikawa's cut streak until Fleetwood missed the cut last week, and Morikawa took over as being the guy with the longest cuts made streak on tour. Now, I don't know if it's, like, extra pressure to it, but it is the first time seeing Sawgrass. And like we've talked about all week, the degree of variance at this course, just because of so much water, is that if you can box out, and I have Morikawa projected at 23%, Rory at over 30%, like two bad water balls, and these guys missed the cut. Like that, that's going to happen. So if you can try to box out the field a little bit that way and just get on one of these lower owned guys that, I mean, there's no equivalent to Rory. He's by far the best player. And Morikawa is the best of the guys around him in terms of salary. But even if you wanted to use even like Stenson, no one's really using Stenson. Like fewer people are using Ben Ann this week than almost yeah. ever. Like I have him under 10%, which is shocking considering he ends up making the cut every single week. Or if you want to go up to Finau, Finau I have under 10%, which just absolutely blows my mind. You never see this stuff so in terms of overall ownership the the highest by range that i have rory by far the most at the top in the 9k level it's bryson and it's webb that's where everyone's going it will be Cantley after that and he too is going to garner a lot of ownership in the eight thousand dollar level hideki and sungjay drawing the most interest of everyone in the seven k's it's morikawa daniel berger they're one two it looks like hatton and leishman are going to be next in terms of ownership and this is all like over 15 13 and over let's say because there's going to be some degree of variance when trying to project this out and it's very clear who everyone's using in the six thousand dollar level it's joel damon and it's max hama and out of all of those guys the only one that i have in my lineups i have Cantley in my lineups and i have sungjay in my lineups of all the people i just said i'm fading the rest yeah, Hideki would be the one guy in my in my lineups that I can't fade. It's just the irons are too hot uh, for me right now. Um, what's interesting too, right? When you talk about that seven K range, when you talk about Hatton and Mark Leishman, it's the recent it's the recency bias. I think when you look at this tournament, because it's such a strong field, you can really go to guys like I believe Horschel is in that range, right? Like there's guys there, Brant Snedeker at seventy two hundred dollars, right? Get him, get driver out of his hand, and he becomes a lot more comfortable on a course where he has to make shots happen. I mean, Matt Wallace, yes, he's not been great with his irons of late, but he's another one who plays, who only comes from the European Tour and plays in these big tournaments, so he has that experience. And the two guys that are like die specialists are right there next to each other in Bubba Watson and Kevin Kisner at 7,300. So there's definitely game theory, and that's what I would suggest in these spots, in these bigger tournaments, because there's so much information, because there's, Guys like you and everyone doing this, there's a ton of information. you got to play more game theory, especially if you're entering you know, a- any size of lineups. If you're mass entering or if you're shooting 23 or a single bullet, not a single bullet, you don't have to. But if you're an- entering multiple lineups, game theory is so important. Having some of these guys that have experience on this course, I would go to as opposed to uh, just going off a recent form like a guy who I think was drinking straight out of the bottle and Tyrell had in a vodka uh, right, right after his win. So that so besides seeing jason day gimp around on 17 at sawgrass mm-hmm. please te- please tell everyone about your interaction with our friend jason duffner oh it's fantastic he was my favorite and so I, I believe he was on the top floor of our hotel because he's just he's jason duffner uh and so i got into the elevator after him i saw him in there and he, he looked like he had one of those bags that you get like where i get it like a, like a giveaway like a swag it's like the stuff you put like a gym bag but it goes you know around your like you hold your shoes in so you had one of those bags, a hat that wasn't completely on. I'm giving you the full picture here. A shirt that was definitely too big, but you could still see the Duffner gut. Um, and then he had, like, shin-high socks on with sandals. So, like, very unassuming. And I think I told you that he looked like a guy who, like, his, he was a dad who was on a two-week vacation with his kids. And he just wanted to get away and go to the pool and drink 
like my ties at 9 30 whatever time it was eight o'clock in the morning so i said good luck to him uh as we left and he just gave me one of these like uh, that that was it and i said duffner at well i think what is his price like min price or whatever it is i think he's like, six, i think he's sixty one hundred dollars okay perfect i'm like duffner you are going in all of my lineups because <laughs> you are true to form i never met you before i said good luck you said mm, and that was it so duffner was a fantastic meet other than Finau, duffner was my favorite all right time to dig into the live chat thank you all for joining us remember to smash the like button to the video and if you do that and after the show is over you leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section along with whatever i said off the top which now i can't remember and you'll be in a draw for 20 D- oh yeah highest owned fade that's it that's the giveaway for 20 dk bucks uh and if it's the audio podcast you don't subscribe to it if you make the decision to subscribe to it leave a five-star review DraftKings handle and something you enjoy about this show you'll be in a draw for a hundred DraftKings dollars and if you want to get 20 percent off at fantasy national fantasynational.com slash pme just go get yourself a weekly you want to generate some lineups you want to do some research just the weekly with the 20 percent off i mean you're playing way more in DraftKings lineups than that anyway uh, you might as well get accustomed to the site because uh, it's something you're going to enjoy if you like to play to play DraftKings golf or bet on golf even if you never even use it in terms of like trying to pick lineups you'll just have fun like wasting time on fantasy national just to know more about golf so highly recommend it first question comes from mickhead it is no no that's not even a real question real questions only please (laughs) next one is jim furick a fade this week i think so but i thought so last year and he came in second yeah, no, I mean, I'm not playing any old guys. If I am, it's this guy's already talked about. I think Poulter is probably the oldest guy I'm playing, so I'm going to fade him. Other chat rules. Uh, you asked the questions to Reed and I. If you start answering other people's questions in the chat, Reed, do you know what happens to those people who answer questions for you and I? You're banned for life. You're banned for life. So just right. make, make note of that. Paul asks, is anyone playing Jason Day? Like I said, I have him around like 25 to 3% ownership in the Millionaire Maker and even the $4 right now i have him in lineups i'm still waiting to see if the wd is coming uh and listen we're probably not gonna know with jason day when's his tea time uh How, it's 2 30 so it's, it's in the okay so it's in the afternoon like we're by the time lineups lock we're not gonna know <laughs> no so you got i mean again like i think you had a good position right up top right three three out of 20 whatever that percentage comes out to you right um a little over like 11 percent like that's you're not going to get killed by by j-day withdraw but man if that hits at four percent like we talked about that's great look i'm letting my money on fire by just entering these contests to begin with just because i have one fewer player than everyone else isn't going to turn my zero into like minus zero it's it's just going to be zero so i'll take the chance with jason day yeah. uh michael morgan asks i didn't hear any mention of your boy luke list this week, $6,500, less than 2% ownership projected, I would imagine. Possible flyer here. I can see him in contention at some point. Probably not for the long haul, but thoughts? I get it. He's played well at these shorter Bermuda courses. His best finishes on tour have come at Heritage and PGA National, two corollary courses to the players. And his run has been a lot better recently. The tee to green is coming back, but I think I would just prefer at that price point to play Ryan Palmer instead. Yeah, other guys like, you know, Sung Kang is down there ryan armor ryan armor get him on a short course right and if the flat stick which is what he does Ryan armor sucks he does suck what i'm saying is i'd rather look at those guys first wyndham clark is is down in this range as well so guys that are playing a little bit better uh, i'd rather go do than than your boy luke 
So guys in my lineup, $6,500 and below, like legit in one of like, at least, I think I played everyone in at least three lineups just to have 15% exposure across the board. So I have Palmer at 65, Jason Duffner at 61, Mark Hubbard at 6,000. Those are the three guys from $6,500 and below that I'm playing this week. Yeah, I got Henley and Duffner. I like Hen- I like Henley. Henley's a nice call. I really wanted to go with Jimmy Walker, but I, instead I just bet him top 20 and I don't want him to kill me. Jamie Walker, he does all those like like those space pictures. You seen those things like on Instagram or like you follow him on social? If you don't, you don't have to follow Jamie Walker on social. Um, I'm going off on a tangent here. It's not pertinent to this this tournament. Um, I just don't trust him, man. Like where has Walker been? Get him on like a get him in like Texas courses, not here. Sure, but like the approach has been really good the last two yeah. weeks. So I mean, it's just he's a min price, and that's the only reason that we're talking about it. That if yeah. you want to be the person that plays Rom and Rory in a lineup, like now these are the guys that you have to talk about. Tyler asked thoughts on Harold Werner this week. I bet him his first round leader. I don't really have high expectations for him though. Yeah, he's just like for like, he's been popping up on the Florida swing, but there's guys I'd rather play. So yeah, I, he's a no for me. Uh, Joseph says, can't lay chalk bomb. Heard it here first. That's not the fucking first time I've heard that this week, you asshole. Fuck <laughs> off. Banned for life. Don't need people. Good to T- be back, man. This is I great. know. Good to be back. Assholes in the chat taking it away. Heard it here first. Yeah, you're the first person to have that thought, pal, I'm sure. Steven, should I ride the hotheads and go all in on ROM? Anyone else I'm forgetting that a temper tantrum might... It might temper tantrum their way to victory again this Sunday. Well, I mean, Hatton's back on that list. Reed's a bit of a hothead, but R- Rom is the all- like. This is where it got the most pronounced. With like Rom freaking out was this course last year when he hooked it into the water from the sand, trying to go for it on sixteen. Yeah, that's stupid. That was his fault. I mean, I think everyone, even his caddy, was like, "What are you doing? Like, do not do this. <laughs> do not do this." And then he does it to himself. So he's having post. But if you've been if you've been listening to Rom, he's kind of taking this Rory McIlroy approach, right? This being more mindful of, of how he is. So he has this like docile and this very uh, calm uh, demeanor before the tournament. I just can't wait. Look, Poulter is a guy that is a hothead probably. Uh, Roy Sabatini is another one. So if you want to go hothead, I'm sure you'll be able to find him. Next question comes from Thoughts on Hatton. I know you're always keen on fading the previous winner. Didn't work out last week with Sungjae. But the price and form, but also factoring in the drunkenness. It's not so much that I like to fade the winner from the week before. It really depends on who that person is. Like, I went back to Sungjae last week in my DraftKings lineups. I didn't bet him, but he, I thought he was a good price. I think he's a good price again this week, and that's why I'm going to use him. Hatton is undervalued, but he can also be a relatively inconsistent player as well. That when I look at him at 7,400, is he the best player at 7,400? Probably in his range, but I don't think that like he's significantly better, especially at this course than someone like Snedeker or some of the other lower owned guys a Billy Horschel for that matter, that if, if he's going to be overwhelmingly more popular than all the people around him, that's why I would end up fading him. It doesn't say because he won, there's the recency bias. And because the pricing came out before that tournament, he's so cheap that everyone's going to be on him. I think that's the reason to fade him. Yeah. And the difference between him and Sanjay, like Sanjay played, you know, however many tournaments before 20, whatever it was, um and Hatton is never a guy especially at the beginning of the season on the PGA Tour who comes over and gets that form like he does he, he didn't need it clearly and he won there's just a little difference you can't compare apples to apples to Sanjay who's becoming one of the better players in Hatton who in certain spots pops up again the guys around there Bubba Watson is around there uh, Scotty Scheffler is around there um and so actually an interesting story about Scheffler and Cameron Champ who's another guy I know Cust likes Champ <laughs> I told you like on Sunday or whatever it was that I liked them and you told me that Cust picked them and I was 
instantly regretting my decision. But this is this is not like there's no quantitative uh, analysis here at I all. I like so, it. No, see, I like this. This is yeah. what we need to get into. This this is the yeah. gust factor. No, <laughs> gust, okay, spin only. Yeah. So the first tee has a event on Mondays for all the kids, and there's a behind the 17th uh, tee box. There's this hospitality area where it's like the merchandise tent, all the places where you eat, and there's this miniature 17th green where all the kids get to do it. And so Cam Champ and Scotty Shuffler were the two guys that were going through this. The year previous, it was Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood who did that, which is crazy because they got, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood and Rory McIlroy. They both finished first and third last year. So if you want a little narrative to actually chase Cust, that's it. Because those two guys last year, and Tommy Fleetwood and Roy McIlroy, ended up finishing in the top three. And now you got a guy like Cam Champ, uh, who I like, and Scotty Scheffler, who played well, but just, you know, went double-double every single, you know, 17, 18th hole in his rounds last week. Those two guys potentially have this first-team narrative coming through. So I'm sorry it's not a bad take for Cust. It's actually a pretty good one. See, that that is that falls directly in the cuss zone. Except he doesn't know what the first T is and would have no idea about this. <laughs> oh, I, I I mean, look, cuss and champ. I, I appreciate that call. Well, it's funny because he was all in on Cameron Champ, and then he gave up on Cameron Champ. Then Cameron Champ instantly won again. Now he's back on him. Bad news for Cameron Champ. Uh, What's the ownership number showing for DJ? I got him between 10 and 12%, and I do have a lot of lineups that I start with DJ, so I like that this week. Uh, Philip asked, would you go Cam Champ over Hama as a variation on a 6K guy? Uh, I like getting off of Hama, but it wouldn't be Cam Champ for me. Yeah, like I said, I like Champ. Reason why, I mean, strokes in tee to green. He's, it's still there. He missed a cut, right? He missed two, uh, two cuts back-to-back, but he's still gaining strokes. And get him on a, a fast uh, surface, Bermuda surface, he puts a lot better. Evan asks, Kisner, Berger, Snedeker, Poulter, Hatton, pick two. The only one I'm using of those guys is Snedeker. So I'll leave, I'll, Snedeker will be my pick. You can pick the other one. Uh, I'll go Poulter. All right. Snedeker and Poulter it is. Back to the YouTube's chats here. See what people are saying. Uh, why is there no love for Fleetwood this week? I feel like there is love for Fleetwood. Uh, I, I guess it's it's probably just because he missed the cut last week. <laughs> like People were very gung-ho at the Honda when he was the top price player. They're like, oh, he's the top price player. I don't want to use too much of him. He comes in second, blows it on 18. Then he goes out and misses the cut. So that's probably why. Maybe he actually is the overlooked one in the 9K range that no one is taking that maybe you should move your shares onto. Like If you have a bunch of Hideki, I know Hideki is going to be popular. And the two guys right around him, like no one's using Fowler. I'm going to use Fowler, but no one's using Fowler. And like Fleetwood, I have projected for 10%, but I could see him coming in under that yeah uh, i mean maybe they think like his putting sucks on fast uh, bermuda greens um over the last 50 rounds he's 108th in this field but i mean look it, with tommy right this is this is going back to i don't want to be a dead horse but this is going back to game theory get these guys that are extremely good players i mean we just saw tommy fleetwood on the, again it was a bad field you know almost like perform to his high price variance that's a that's a rory mcelroy type of performance he just on 17 or 18, which he just couldn't close the deal. But yeah, why not? $9,000? Absolutely. Uh, Rick Run Good from yesterday's show, which everyone should go check out. You hit the description. You can find the links to all the other shows, the contests, and everything like that. And listen, if you've, here, here's the sneaky thing. Read the Players' Championship show from Monday is well on its way to being the most downloaded episode of the Pat Mayo experience of all time. So wow. what I need people to do is to delete it from their phones and then like connect to a Wi-Fi network and download it again. 
And then I might be able to hit number one on the iTunes search. We'll try to rig it that way. We'll, we'll, I'm saying this quietly. We'll keep this between you and I, okay? <laughs> That's great. Well, look, I mean, this is 2020. You got to use all of the advantages uh, that you can get through technology. I'm actually going to do that after we get off. Me too. I'll go do it like three times. Everyone else out there does it once. We're good to go. Uh, Rick actually says he'd take your off the tee game. I mean, it's funny when you're talking about hitting a, a fade or when you're hitting a draw earlier, like that's a nice shot for you until you like duck hook it. Yeah. Or like, is he talking about a, a, like a drive when I close my eyes or one that I hit like five inches behind the ball or I just hit a huge divot? Um, no, like, like Rick actually, he's selling himself short. Rick is actually a very good golfer. The day that we all played before the actual DFS Open, Rick was striping it. He hit every single fairway. It was fairways and greens for Rick. And he was sinking like 40-foot putts. So a guy yeah. like Rick, like I'll take his short game over my long game any day of the week. Rick turned into Rick Spieth for like a nine-hole stretch. Like just making everything. It was like, good God. He, did. he called it down. though. He said he's a Spieth. Yeah, well, it, it worked. Uh, yeah. Max asks, does it help to look at other Pete Dye course finishes or Sawgrass an outlier? I don't think it correlates perfectly. The problem with Pete Dye courses and looking at strokes gain and results of those courses is that outside of the majors and match play, generally speaking, you have the stadium course uh, for the American Express. You have TPC River Highlands for the Travelers, Heritage. Like, people don't, Good players don't normally play these courses. Like, you might get one or two. Like, Webb Simpson, he plays them all. Cantley tends to play a lot of these, too. So I think it does help, but it doesn't necessarily correlate one-to-one. I think if you just want to look at... It doesn't... Like, Rory's going to be good. Basically, wherever that you put Rory. And, like, a lot of the top-end players that way. I think it's more meaningful for the mid-tier guys to see someone who's a bit surprising that could pop up, especially without form. That's kind of what Furyk did last year. Another guy who's performed really well at Pete Dye courses over the years. But I would look at Eastlake if you want, like, the high-end to see who really plays well. It's a shorter Bermuda course. Other than that, you have the Wyndham. You have Heritage, Sony Open, PGA National. And I do think Memorial a little bit core correlates as well just yep. it just seemingly there's a lot of crossover success in a lot of those tournaments and hey patrick Cantley won there last year so maybe he can win here this year too but that's how i would play like the die narrative like i don't think the travelers really has much in common with anything at sawgrass no no not at all i mean if you want to go prestige like quail hollow might be another one right like that i would look at um do you say whistling straights i don't know if you I, I mean whistling straights is a die course but I mean, different, they, right? The context is different. Um, you just you have to take out driver and just absolutely pumble the ball at whistling streets. Yeah, like you don't do exactly. that. Either. Exactly. So it's it's less it's it's more about the guys who are playing at those events, right? Like the prestige of those events that die courses that you guys that you get on. I will say that Harbor Town is interesting. Harbor Town played more difficult than uh, Sawgrass in terms of scoring relative to par last season and in the season before. So now you get an idea, right? Again, it's the different type of, of atmosphere with the players in RBC. You might actually like the RBC a little bit better. Um, but it's it's just it's you can't take it apples to apples. I will say that guys though, like for me, like his like in that range, right? That 7K range where you see a ton uh, of Hatton and Mark Leishman ownership, I might lean towards a guy for a tiebreaker like a Kisner or a Bubba Watson, who's shown over time that they've done well in those courses. Uh, Andrew asked, 9K absolutely loaded this week. Scott and Fleetwood seemingly going under the radar. That's it. That's not even a question, but I'll try to extrapolate from that. I went with Scott over Fleetwood. I actually have a lot of Adam Scott this week. I, I broke up. 
I really had it concentrated, 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 and then I decided no Rory, no Rom, a little bit of Justin Thomas, but I initially had like eight of 20 lines with Justin Thomas. I decided, you know what, I'm just going to match the field with Justin Thomas, bring that down to four, and then I can have a bit of DJ and a bit of Scott instead and break up some of that Cantley. I think I have Cantley in 10 of 20 lineups, so if he, if he truly is the chalk bomb, which that asshole from earlier who's banned for fucking life had mentioned, he ends up missing the cut. It's not going to be a good week for me. No, it's not. So I'm the exact opposite with Xander. I got him in like 40 or 50% of my lineups. And a guy that we haven't talked about yet is John Rom. Like, what are you doing with Rom? Are you, I mean, are you fading him? It sounds like because you're playing JT and matching the field, you're fading Rom. Yeah, I'm going to fade Rom here. Yeah. Don't, again, like, it's not, it's not fun fading Rom or Rory, but if I was yeah. playing 150 lineups, I'd probably play both of them in the mix, but I'm not. So these are the decisions that I had to make. Right, like, I mean, you're talking about JT, Rom, and something like Rory, right? These guys can all win. They can all win at, at a moment's notice. Rom was in the mix last year. Uh, and so, like, you, when, you talk, when you start talking about this range, right, you got to make a stance. Like I said, I made one on Xander. Bryson is right there. I'm probably going to be underweight, which is probably silly on my part uh, with Bryson. Um, but I like him, right? They, I, he's more of a betting market guy for me. But the, the, the two guys that are, I'll be heavily owned in this top range are DJ uh, and Xander. Uh, if we just look at this board right now, like I can tell you who I'm using in my lineups and who I'm not. I have zero Rory, zero Rom, using Thomas, Brooks, and Dustin. I have Brooks in four of 20 lineups. I have Dustin in four of 20 lineups. A lot of Cantley, Scott, no Xander, no Webb, no Bryson for me. That's, yeah. how I, that's how I'm playing the top. Yep. I like it. Okay. Hard to make picks this week because it's the biggest purse and so many guys can win. That's just fucking fantastic insight. Thanks. Thanks for showing up. Smash the like. Uh, Igor asked, thoughts on Seb Straka, first round leader. Now here, this is the stuff that we need to get into. If you ever bet Seb Straka, and he did hit me the first round leader at Valspar last year, another, I mean, that's a more difficult course, but on Bermuda grass in Florida, we're going to see it again next week. Uh, He just pops up. His ball striking is so good from like, in particular rounds he it's rarely sustainable for him but he is the type of guy that i would like to play as first round leader i made my stances on my first round leaders he is not one of them but if he wanted to be yours i would have absolutely no problem with that yeah um again that's where you take these flyers right we've seen guys like Mackenzie hughes be a first round leader at this event um I, i'd rather actually go towards like, like more form and like first round leaders guys who have been around the mix a little bit Actually, your boy Cantlay. I know he's not, uh, it doesn't fit in that category of what you like for uh, first round leaders. He's 40 to 1 on DK Sportsbook for a first round leader. He's someone, if you can get a solid number on, he's got an early T draw. Um, I really like that. Again, you and I both like to like, go a little bit higher in terms of first round leader. But if you can get a good number on a guy like Cantlay, out of the elite guys that we talked about earlier, he's someone that I really, really like, especially with that T draw. Uh, any love for the lefties, Bubba and Phil? I mean, Herman might be the best of those three. Yeah, although Bubba, for whatever reason, switched. Now he's putting like he's never putted before and just losing strokes everywhere else. But yeah, I would say Brian Army is definitely the, the one to choose there. Bubba is probably good to make the cut here because he generally does, okay. but he doesn't have any high finishes. Like it's always like T43. So Bubba over Phil, but like Harmon could probably spike a top 10, like if things break right for him. Yeah, I, I mean, like, of the, like I'm going to have more Bubba than any one of these guys. But if you're talking about just in terms of the best fit, uh, like Harmon, Harmon, Harmon's the guy who does, I think, better in this situation. But I've made my stance on Bubba 
uh, as you can tell, like, you know, five, 10 minutes ago. Uh, Kerry asked, what do you think about Hideki for one and done currently sitting in 54th? I think Hideki is going to be a very low owned one and done this week solely because I think everyone's used them already. So that actually makes him somewhat like that's one way to approach one and done when trying to tackle studs is were these guys really popular at other tournaments? And Hideki has been popular like three times this year. So very few people have him left to use. And then from that group who hasn't used him yet, they're probably not all going to use him. So yeah, I, I don't mind Hideki as a one and done. Yeah. Uh, Xander's the same guy who is someone that was used probably in the no cut events, right? He always has that narrative. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is another guy like Hideki that probably a lot of people used early on the Florida swing at Honda. Um, so he's another one that if you still have that bullet left, use Tommy. Got any thoughts on old Keegan Bradley of him being a good fit here? Like the ball striking, it's, it's going to be there, but it's, it's a lot like the problem with rostering a Keegan Bradley is that he can putt you out of a tournament. He has now lost strokes putting in five consecutive events. And like, that's like a, a upswing in his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cam champ is right there at six, nine. Um, yeah, I'm not playing Keegan. And I'm, I'm totally fine with Keegan going, you know, six, seven under the first round and then totally going full Keegan. I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's not a bad play, but no. for reference, the guys that I'm using from the top of the $6,000 level, I'm using GMAC and I'm using the Gooch. They're both at 69. I'm using Andrew Landry. He's, I, I think I have him three of 20 lineups and I have projected like 0.1% ownership. He's made the cut here both years that he's played and he makes birdies and bunches and like, if the weather isn't going to be a big factor and it does turn into like a birdie maker course, it's the same, the same reason that I bet him as first round leader is that he can go out and have like a minus six type of day. And if that's all he does all week and he makes the cut, like feel like that's going to be good enough. The other one, like I mentioned, Ryan Palmer is right there too, but those are the six K guys that I've sprinkled in and out. Not a lot of exposure to any of them, but enough to like, I didn't want to trim it down to three guys and play them in like six lineups a piece and like double yeah. up on them in some lineups. I, I kind of want to sprinkle out what I was doing just a little bit. Uh, Daniel asked, not much EVR talk. Any interest? Has played well in big events. I didn't even really think of him this week, but that's a really good point. EVR is a good player. He's right by Harris English, though. Guy Harris English is fighting for his car, just fighting for his life. And look, Harris English, all joking aside, he's hitting the ball extremely well, and he, he's one of the best putters on these on fast Bermuda greens. Like, you're going to hear me I keep on saying that. He's right there at 7,200 or, yeah, 7,200 as well. I'd rather go Harris English, but EVR is, like you mentioned, I, to be honest, I didn't even know he was in the field, which clearly <laughs> he would be, but I just didn't look at him there. Yeah, and so, yeah, he's a completely forgotten man this yeah. week. I don't know if anyone else is talking him up, but he's not a terrible play by any means. Uh, first time he is seeing the course, however, I believe. Uh, I'm using Harris English as well. Like, he, he's playing legit good right now. Yeah, like, what, a 2008 or nine Harris English? Like, when he was... He's good. He's a really. He's also a big guy too, man. He's like six three, six four. And, but and he's got putt really well as well. And a lot of success at courses which match up a lot with Sawgrass, Honda Classic success, OHL success, Sony Open success. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to see him do well, even if he continues at eighty percent of the form that he's flashing right now. Like you don't when you take the seventy two hundred dollar guy, you don't expect them to win. You just want them to like come inside the top twenty. Harris English can do that. Dylon asks, would a Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson build be chalky or unique? I think that'd be pretty unique. Yeah, um, I don't mind it at all. Uh, you, like you talked about JT, kind of a, one of these stars that goes under the radar. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I don't mind it. Again, you guys know why I like DJ. JT's already won, what, two or three times this season? So, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, thoughts on Brian Herman and Russell Henley? It's a no for both of me, but you said you're using Henley. Yeah, Henley is one of the guys I'm using below with 7K. Any love for Sergio Garcia? I hope he makes the cut because of the make the cut parlay. But outside of that, nothing for me with Sergio. But looking at the fantasy national ownership projections, uh, people have a slightly different spin on Sergio for me. Um, they have him around 7% right now in terms of ownership. But if as many casual players end up playing in the millionaire maker that I think they end up doing, if it ends up filling by the end of it, I could see Sergio going higher. Like him and Kucher really benefit from like casual players jumping into the player pool. And that's, that's a full course history play, right? Because like he hasn't really done much of recent. Um, like, like I have no take on Sergio. I, I, frankly, I think he's a little bit overpriced even at AK because he doesn't have uh, much uh, form coming into this. It's all current, current history or excuse me, course history. But again, a guy that I'd rather play in that same vein as Matt Kuchar. I'm just not going to play either of them in that range. Yeah. Like I said, you know, Casey, Finau, that's good enough for me. And I'll sprinkle in some stents and, and Horschel mm-hmm. below them. That's, I'll get away from that type of play. And like yeah. I said, like if I miss out, I miss out. Then you got to make these stands somewhere. Uh, thoughts on Keith Mitchell? I get it. We're on Bermuda. That's always a plus. The only time you can ever play Keith Mitchell is basically on Bermuda. Uh, he won at PGA National last year. That's a course that is pretty similar to this. He's done well at Sony. So I get a lot of the logic. I'm just not on him. No. Um, getting ball close and, and, and putting well. And he had a really good round four, right, coming back in the Honda Classic. Or was it API? I can't remember which one. Where he, like, back-ended a top ten, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I'm not on him. I get the, I get it. He's $6,600, and he plays well in Bermuda. I get it, but not for me. Michael Singh says, 20 lineups. Is it good enough to fade Webb, Leash, Hattenberger, DJ Scott for guys projected over 10%, double the field on Rahm and Morikawa? Sure, do whatever you want. Mickhead, do you think the most popular lineup build will be Stars and Scrubs or Balanced? I think it's going to be Stars and Scrubs. Really, yeah. Um, Just because you can, because like you can build that, like, Rob Rory lineup and even squeeze in an 8k guy and then go low sevens two sixes like true the, the amount of lineups that are going to have Rory and Joel Damon Rory and Max Hama or Rory Damon and Hama in them are out of control yeah yeah I mean my first inclination was to say about balanced lineup right because you take it you see the value um across the entire board but yeah I mean when you when you have a guy like DJ at that price um and some of the other guys that aren't doing exactly well that 9k range which which is nice right i think for guys like you and i it, it could potentially be a dead range so i think you're right yeah my first instinct was to say balance but yeah you make a good case uh do you like dj or is he a fade i am using him so i like him yeah i like dj he's really good on on um uh pete die courses as well so like yeah. dj He's also just really good. That helps. <laughs> uh, how about all middle? I think there is more bang for your buck. Don't even know what that means. Mike says, why did Wyndham Clark DQ last week? Oh, and he just a one-timer. He wants me to reference the, the, the name of a man who's not in the field, but used to be at one point, everyone's favorite, John. Uh-huh? It's been a while since we had a John Huh reference, but why did he WD? I think he's got, it's like signed an incorrect scorecard. Did, oh, I had no idea. Did he? Was that last week? Yeah, I didn't even notice because I so rarely play Wyndham Clark outside of first round leaders that. Yeah, yeah. didn't huh. even notice. People really like Wyndham Clark. They do. They do. Um, like he's he's down there in that six k range. Um, I don't know the exact reasons why any guy's WD unless you actually see the reason why, like a Jason Dave Vertigo bout. Um, but yeah, uh, you can. But 
don't don't overexpose yourself though with Wyndham Clark this week. Does this feel like a classic Webb Simpson tourney? Yeah, I mean, he fucking won here two years ago. What's wrong with you? Uh, Chip asks, do you have Grio in any lineups on a four miscut run, but approach is still somewhat there? I can't do it to myself. Like, no. let Grio beat me. I'm fine with that. Like, if you want to go out and come in second or win this Grio, that's fine. Is Raza on Grio? I don't even think he is. Raza actually oh. brought up the point that Grio was like 10 or 12 over in the second round at API last week and then DQ'd, so his stats don't count from the round. So oh, he's, really? He, yeah, oh, he's just, yeah, he's just manipulating all the stats, so it makes him look better. That's like a rage quit, right, when you're, like, you're losing in Madden or something and it just doesn't count to your franchise record. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that, but yeah. No, no, Grillo, he, like, he's not even filling up the stat sheet, right, like correctly, so no, don't do it. Uh, starting lines with $9,100 Bryson, would that be contrarian? Yes, I think it would. I think that's, if you want to deploy the webs and Brysons of the world, that's probably the best way to get off of having similar lineups of everyone else. That if you want to start with Bryson, start with Webb, or just pair those two as your top end guys. Like, I can tell you that I have a few lineups that start with Cantley and Scott, Cantley and Ricky, Scott and Ricky, and then just Ricky. Like, I think I have a lineup that's like Ricky, Reed, Sungjae, Casey, Finau, and someone else. Like, that type of lineup. Like, I don't think you're giving up that much. And you can fit five really good guys into your lineup. Like this guy says, is Patrick Reed or Sung J.M. in this tourney? Like I would probably objectively, if you can, he says you can only use golfers once through the majors and that includes the players, which seems like just a completely fucking farce rule because this isn't a major, but I would use M here over Reed. Now I'm using them both in my lineups, but if I had to pick one of them, I think this course is better suited for Sung Jay. And is that both because you like M over Reed here, but also you like Reed over M at Augusta? I just like Reed better at the other majors. Now, if yeah. the PGA Championship sticks at Harding Park, I do yeah. like Sung Jay there. But just based on his performance and track record at majors and his lack of high-end finishes at this tournament and just the skill set that Sung Jay has, he's going to hit the fairways. He's going to be dialed in with his irons. Like, there's such a higher degree of variance with Patrick Reed from week to week where Sung Jay is, like, the most consistent guy going that I think that I would use him in that particular situation. Yeah, uh, to, to the original question, like a, like a lot of my lineups um, are going Xander. I'm going down to Hideki, right, and, and sprinkling in some Tommy there. It's it's like we talked about, right? The stars and scrubs is going to be the popular play. The balance starts with those guys like Bryson, and he's. And if you look at this tournament, right, Siwoo Kim, Roy McIlroy, I believe Jason Day, or I forget which one was the third one was. These guys were like top one or two in strokes and off a tee um, after the tournament. Um, and so even though we're saying you know approach, approach, approach. Guys who can hit it far clearly have an advantage. And Bryson is number one. Uh, Cam Champ, by the way, is number two over the last 24 rounds, I believe, of Fantasy National. Shows him off the tee. But um, that's, I mean, if you get the ball far out there, it's going to help. So I don't mind Bryson uh, starting your lineups at all. Nick asks, is Grace a viable pivot off of some of the upper 6K guys? Yeah, I, I think that he is, but he's not my preference of those guys. I just gave those out, but... I have nothing like bad to say about Brennan Grace at the price point. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, again, I, I'm going champ when I go up there um, and some other guys. Does Fleetwood make the cut and Morikawa misses first cut? Kind of hope so. I hope they both miss the cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really hope because I also got a Paul Casey over Colin Morikawa at plus 110. So I'm going the whole, uh, the whole Pete Dye and old guy narrative over the young gun. Um, yeah, I hope so. I, I actually look. I like Colin Morikawa. I think he's a fantastic player. But come on, man. Just one time, Colin. 
Yeah, like I use you every week, and you're awesome. Yeah. You've done your job. Just take, yeah. the, take the week off, man. Go burn everyone else's lineups. This is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Palmer asked, thoughts on Big Dick Vic? No one's talking him up, which is true. He is a first-timer, and Palmer thinks he's finally sobered up since his win in Puerto Rico. Now, you also encountered Big Dick Vic when you were down at Sawgrass, didn't you? Right. Yeah, he was uh, he was in the lobby of our hotel, and I also gave him a good luck. He gave me a thank you. But how tall do you think Big Dick Vic is? This blew me away when you told me. Right. right. You think he looks, right, because he's got a good stature on him, and we think he's about six feet. No, he's about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, now, again, that has no quantitative analysis on this tournament because, look, shark guys win this tournament all the time, like Ricky and I think Webb's kind of short, too. But – um, look, he's been playing fantastic. He's third in strokes and ball strike in the last 24 rounds. So if you want him at 7,700, I mean, no one's playing speed, right? A lot of people are probably going to go there or Benny Ann if they're not going Leishman or Hovland or, excuse me, um, or Hatton. Yeah, he's, uh, again, he was a lot shorter than I expected, but he looked like, like he was uh, well-rested when he was in the lobby in the hotel. Dustin asks, how much chalk is too much shock? I'm not playing Hovland, by the way, just as the yeah. answer to that question how much <laughs> shock is too much shock this week can i play four chalky guys and two low-owned losers and still be fine probably but i just think that fading the chalk this week over other weeks like we keep reiterating because of the variance that you can box out so much of the field and it's not like i would say out of all the courses where rory could like miss the cut like he just randomly did at the british open last year but this seems to be what the one with the highest degree of high-end players who do miss the cut. So just getting off the chalk can box you out a lot right away. That that's why I would end up doing that. Uh, ownership projection for Poulter and Adam Scott. Let me look this up here for you. Ian Poulter, what do you think it is? Uh, oh, 4%. 9 to 12%. Adam's, Adam Scott coming in anywhere between 13 and 16%. So a bit more owned than people might think. No. Interesting. Yeah, fun stuff. Next one. If you're making 20 lineups, how many players are you using in your player pool? That is dependent on you. You have to figure that out for yourself. Uh, whatever you're comfortable with. I know people that use 12 players for a 20-man pool. This week, I think I used 19 in a 20-man pool. I've used 27 in a 20-man pool. And that's actually the week I have won the most money ever. Some weeks I'll do, I think I did 14 last week. So oh, you play around with it. You try to find a sweet spot. And I think it really depends on what the tournament is, how many players are in the field, and how strong your convictions are this week. I mean, just hearing Reed and I talk this through, it's very clear there are a few players that we like, but once you get past like the three or four guys you love, a lot of guys fall into the next bucket. Then it's really hard to differentiate between them. Yeah, uh, my, my player pool. And it, like, it, it can also be cut down or added, right? You don't have to stick with who you had on, on Monday um, just because you want to stick them into the lineup. And so mine started at 14 or 15 at the beginning of the week, and now it's down to about 10 to 11 guys that are like my core players that I want to play in all my lineups. So, again, it, it's all a matter of personal preference. Uh, I mean, and just to kind of hit home on that, Jesse asked, Palmer's on your cheat sheet. Don't remember hearing any chatter about him on the uh, yesterday's show. Why Ryan Palmer? The more I kept digging in on Ryan Palmer, especially after the show, yesterday I was actually talking to Rick and Ben once we finished, and we started talking about Ryan Palmer a little bit. Like, he played really well at Sony. I like that. He played really well at Honda. I like that. And those are courses where he's popped up over time. And just to go back and look at his track record at the players, it's mixed. A lot of missed cuts, but a lot of nice finishes as well. I think his ball striking is on point right now, and that... 
for $6,500, I think that he's a good scorer. He's one of the few players down there that plays short courses well, but also has a lot of distance, and the par fives aren't going to be a problem. Really high eagle rate for Ryan Palmer. So if you get like an average to above average putting week from him, I just think that he could really spike, especially in terms of DraftKings scoring. So that's the more research that I did, the more I ended up getting onto Ryan Palmer. Like you mentioned, like what we think on Monday isn't necessarily exactly the same thing we do on Wednesday. And that's why I like bringing the live chat back that I can talk through some of this. Cause when I talk about it with Feinberg, we did that Sunday evening, right after the API ended, like I didn't even have like a full course research onto it yet. That's why I kept the betting card very light, but you know, stuff changes. You hear information, opinions change. Like you, you shouldn't lock yourself in. People say, don't tinker. Like, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow at 5.30 a.m. and tinker with my lineups, but, like, I'll keep going over my lineups tonight. Like I said, I got that decision to make between Jason Day and Justin Rose. Do I want to roll the dice with Jason Day and hope he doesn't withdraw and no one uses him and I'm one of, like, four people who uses him? Or do I just go up to Justin Rose, who also people aren't using, but isn't at risk to withdraw? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, knowing you, I, I know you're probably going to go with or have a good idea. Um, but that's Pat, right? Like I, I probably lean a little bit more towards, you know, guys like, like a little more conservative to make the cut. But that also means that if there's more people that are like me on the conservative side who want to do that, then obviously clearly, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're chasing the public a little bit. So again, it's personal preference. If you look at Palmer, right. He's a, he's a guy who can hit the ball. We've seen him in these spots. We've seen him in bigger tournaments contend. And so why not at 6,500, you talk about win equity, down in this range or, or equity that you want in this range, he is the guy, right? Ryan Palmer can't hit the ball well. His bogey avoidance is somewhere in the middle or maybe top third of this field. So he's not a guy who can make – now he did get a nine on <laughs> – he did look like me out of the stand, and he got a nine on that, that, that one hole. But it's not a guy who really makes a ton of mistakes. Thoughts on Snedeker and Kisner in the lower 7,000s. Look like good pivots. Kisner down with die courses. Obviously, he lost in a playoff to Ricky here four years ago. Catch him early. Got a tune-up. Uh, Sned's good this year. Okay, just, just ask the fucking question. I don't need your fucking color on it. I like Snedeker. I bet him to win. I'm using him. I'm not using Kisner. I'm using some Kisner, but I get the old Snedeker. I get it. Um, he's, this is a course that he didn't usually like, but I think the March move, I think, does cater a little bit towards him because can't really use driver here yeah and if you look at his results they're mixed a lot of miscuts and like his best finish was fifth last year but he's been striking his irons really well the short game is never going to be a problem with him it's like can he drive it okay if he drives it okay i think that he has a chance yeah and if you listen to what he said last year he said that he finally is well quote unquote figured out how he plays and can play this course successfully once you get that and that's why i really got a little bit turned off in the morikawa like i'm just going to go out there and play my game Despite what the Pete Dye, that's what he does. He's diabolical. He makes you hit a left to right, then a right to left on back to back shots. No two holes are the same. There are dog like lefts or rights. The wind changes in terms of how you're hitting it. So that's what you like about the older guys, right? They kind of get more comfortable letting stuff come to them. And Snedeker clearly is one of the better ones. And he's number, like, he's ranked third in around the green. So if his irons aren't working, he's one of the best to get up and down. And when we start talking about those corollary courses, the short Bermuda tracks on tour, let's see. Snedeker has won at Eastlake. He's won twice at Wyndham. He has won at Heritage. He's lost in a playoff at the Sony Open. Like, it's pretty good. That's exactly what you want to see. So if he's figured this out, he's nearing the end of his viability, too, to compete at some of these major tournaments. He's getting older. So this would be a nice – I love Brand Snedeker. I hope he wins. I mean, for my bank account, I really hope he wins. (laughs) Out there for my lineups, I hope he wins as well. But personally – I'm in too. 
If you out there want to get into a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars, smash the like button to the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me who is the highest owned player that you are full out fading this week at the Players' Championship. Now, don't put that in the live chat. Just wait till the show is over and do that. But you can smash the like at any time you want. When we talk about ownership projections and stats and sorting by round and generating our lineups in a tournament simulator, that's all from FantasyNational.com. Get 20% off FantasyNational.com slash PME. And you can go check it out. I recommend the weekly. Just get yourself acclimated with the system. You'll super enjoy it. Promise you that. Xander ownership from Greg. I got him between 12 and 16%. It could come on the high end, could come in the low end, but you're the first person I've heard really have conviction on Xander this week. He seems to be everyone's second, third choice kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's why he's like, I have more conviction on him because I want to get even more overweight on the field of those people who are dilly dallying who might have that same issue that you're dealing with uh, with with Rose there and Jason Day is like, oh, I can play Bryson for $300 less and I can, I've seen Bryson do well and Xander not. That's the exact game theory that I'm talking about that you have to have your stances in these tournaments. Xander's my guy for this one. Well, I see that we're only at 91 likes right now. If we don't get to 100 <laughs> likes in the next three minutes, that's going to be the end of this. I'm not going to take any more questions. So better smash that like if you're watching right now and you want your question asked. Any worry about betting Paul Casey since Valspar isn't until next week? As someone who's lost a lot of money on Paul Casey over the years. Yes, I always worry when I bet Paul Casey, but I'm doing it anyway. I like Paul Casey, man. He's like, he's just the guy. I just like who he is, too. I think Feinberg said on your, your guys' Monday show, it's friends and family card for him, uh, potentially. Like, Casey's always a guy who sticks around. Oh, he didn't stick around last year, and that ruined a ton of us. But I just, I, I like where his game's at. I like where his headspace is at for uh, Pete Dye course. What's your take about starting lives with DJ and Brooks? Please try to pronounce my name. Oh, good God. Uh, I have no problem starting DJ and Brooks. Uh, you don't need to do a lot of it either. Like if you're playing a single entry or just one lineup, probably not. But if you do venture into that 20 lineup territory, go with it. Yes, Paul. I believe it's Tharusha Guntalik. Tharusha Guntalik? Guntalik? Atilik. I think it, it looks pretty straightforward. I mean, Indian names do tend to be pronounced phonetically. If this is an Indian name, then... I mean, Paul's got you on that one. That's pretty good. You can re-comment. This guy asks, your thoughts on Cantlay? I hate him. <laughs> Fucking hate him. I think he loses. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, as my, as, my, as my pick to win, nah, I, I'm going to say that I do like him. Yeah, he's good. That's going to be my stance yeah, I mean, good. this week. Uh, these are not questions. Could Rogers top 20? Shockingly, anyone in this field could top 20. So I'll leave you with that. I don't like Patrick Rogers this week. He sucks at this tournament. <laughs> no. Uh, wasn't he a lot? Wasn't he a popular play last week too? Yeah, I believe he was. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing good golf and better golf than he has over the past few years. But I think he's played this tournament the past four years and missed the cut every time. Give me, give me Connors, man. What about good old Corey Connors? He was next, also there at the, the hotel. Ne- super next late week, night. man. Next week. For yeah. Connors. Yeah. Okay. Next okay. Week. I, I was looking at low Canadian. Nick Taylor's three and a half to one to be the best Canadian here. I think I actually might take that bet. Huh. What about Hadwin, your boy? Hadwin never plays. I know. Where's he been? He had a baby. I, I oh, appreciate him taking I, the time off, but he's now uh, out of the top 50, so he's not even in the Masters anymore. Jesus. I thought he was doing the Mike Weir plan where he just goes off and has a secondary job. Because um, I haven't seen him. You're right. He hasn't been around. So, I, would, I mean, so you don't like him at all this week? Uh, Hadwin? No. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, me neither. Uh, Palmer, what's your take on winners trends as far as having been in the top 20 year prior at this event, having at least top four year prior? No, I, I don't care about that stuff. Do you? No, um, not really. Uh, you, you maybe as like a tiebreaker, but not really. Uh, Sneds or Poulter? Those were our two guys. I'll go with Sneds. Ooh. I'm taking Sneds. Man, shit. Uh, Poulter. I'll right. go Poulter there. Uh, Tim Zima. JT Poston a good sleeper this week? I think that he is. Again, he's another guy like Snedeker that plays the Wyndham, the Heritage, Sony. Even uh, he was in the mix at PGA National two weeks ago. So I, I don't hate it. I just worry that it's all putting right now. And it doesn't yeah. seem to be going away, but the irons are a bit wonky. Yeah, there's a dinosaur actually in my backyard here, which is a construction <laughs> site. So I apologize for that. Um, yeah, it's all putting, man. $6,400. Again, Russell Hanley is my guy right there. So I'm going with him over Poston. Uh, the DFS Schiff asks, what are your thoughts on fading the entire 10K range completely this week? I have a lot of lineups that do that, that start with Cantlay or Scott. Yeah. When I first looked at the pricing, I, my eyes went directly to DJ at 10. And again, you could easily go below guys uh, below DJ and have a viable cases to do that. So I don't mind it at all. Spieth gets to play with Ricky and JT and in the morning. Is it worth a shot at $7,700? I think that you'd just be better off taking your $7,700 and buying a really expensive shot and taking that rather than the pain than playing Jordan Spieth will cause. Oh, God. What is, what's up with Spieth? He's just shit. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Until he figures out this swing change completely. Until... Spieth might contend at the Masters because Freddie Couple still contends at the Masters. Once you're good at the Masters, you're good at the Masters. And there's always an outside shot that Spieth puts his way really well for three rounds and is like kind of in it. Then he drops 80 into the drink in the final round or something like that. But until you yeah. see his off the tee game improve, that's when you know that the swing is going to come back. I don't think that he's never not going to come back. He'll eventually get it figured out. And maybe not to the level that he once did because Tita Green, he was a monster when he was awesome. People now pretend like he was only putting was the reason that Jordan Spieth was any good. But if you just go look at the stats, that is simply not the case. But right. until he can start figuring out hitting fairways and driving the ball with a modicum of distance, he's just kind of a write-off at this point. Yeah, he's got to talk to Webb because Webb is a guy who, right, like he's he's the, the outlier in this entire thing where he's the top 10 golfer and his distance and all the, the whole movement to hitting the ball further doesn't apply to Webb. And so go talk to Webb, Jordan, and, and go like fashion your game after him potentially because that's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to do to, to get back into uh, the winner's circle in, in my mind. Cause you're right, man. When that T to green, a T to green game was, was on. He was very, very good. Ah, Jack Jerfy says Rory wins by four strokes. You're welcome. Uh, Jack's Ooh. the same, Jack's the same guy that probably claimed that no one had a chance in any of the past four tournaments when Rory was like winning going into Sunday. So yeah, <laughs> Rory he's a lock to win. Of course. Uh, Spieth, who are your long shot bets at top five? I went over in the beginning of the show. You can check that out. I don't care about people's names. Adam Scott, ownership projection. Already went through that. Banned for life. Absolutely hilarious. I agree. What about Hubba Hubbard for a top 20? I believe he was a part of the cheat sheet, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hubbard, plus 850, top 20. It's one of my bets. What are you guys doing here? Uh, Colin or Kucher? Would you go Morikawa or Kucher? I'm going neither. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm going a little coocher in terms of some spots, but um, I'm full fading Morikawa. Ah, see, here's one that's very easily answerable by the both of us. Will playing with Rory fire up Brooks enough to care? 
Ima- imagine yeah. asking that question. Like I would know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. No. Nah. Just Brooks is going to Brooks. He's either yeah. going to be really good or not good. That's how it's going to work out. I don't think his temperament of playing with Rory is going to change that. And, but it's going to be good because if he does play well, people will be like, oh, he enjoyed the competitive spirit of playing with Rory. Or if he plays poorly, yeah, it's like, that. oh, the pressure was too much playing with Rory. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all conjecture, like pre-tournament. Come on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Joel Damon or Max Hama? The answer is neither. But if I had to pick, yeah. it would be Damon. Yeah, same. Damon first round leader is maybe a hedge if you don't want to play any Joel Damon, which I don't. Wow, man. He always, he always, I got Damon at top 20. Um, but yeah, he always contends for first round leader. That's what he does. That's what he does. So if you want that, great. But I got a top 20. Don't want to go all in with uh, Joey Boy there. I believe Damon has four first round leader hits in the past two years. So that would probably be the best route uh, to get access to him without having him do really well. Like if you still want him to do badly, first round leader, you know, just play well for one round, Joel. It'll be fine. Joshua asks, any love for Denny McCarthy? Nah, not here. Nah. No. Nah, when he gains 28 strokes putting, I'll look like an idiot, but yeah, he's, no. like, he's like Spieth, man. He's a better putter than Spieth but, and more consistent, but he also can't drive the ball. No, you have to have, like you mentioned, you have to have some modicum of, of distance, and you have to have uh, some success off the tee here uh, to win. So, no. Uh, let's see. Brennan Grace, we've been through that. Russell Henley, we've been through that. Any love for Chucky Three Sticks, Charles Howell the third. No, did he make your make to make the cut uh, parlay or no? No, he wasn't on it. Because that's that's the guy, right? He's, he's cut maker CH3 sticks. Uh, uh, no uh, love for me. Uh, untrue. I believe I use him at Honda, and I believe he missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> untrue. Okay. Uh, no, I guess. Okay, that's that's the reason why I'm not using him then. Um, because I just, I, I'd rather use other guys in his price range. Uh, how many pivot plays are too many for a big tournament? I mean, you can do as many as you want. One is generally good enough for a single entry. Yeah, and like his preference, I usually like to stick to about three to four of my guys, even if they're chalky, uh, and then go contrarian elsewhere. So if you want to take that, it's what, 33%, two out of six? Uh, Potential weather, weather we did at the beginning. How many golfers would you use in a 20 lineup pool? We already did that earlier. Just go back and watch the show. Thoughts on Fleetwood, we've been through that. Hadwin, we've been through that. People are just tripling and quadrupling up on their questions right now. Uh, can I bet a prop on over under three putts from Benny Ann? I mean, that'd be like minus 5,000. Yeah, I was going to say the one prop actually I do like, um, is the round one under 17 and a half balls in the water. Um, if you look on average, again, I know this is not the question, but, uh, if you look on average, it's about 11 to 12 balls per round dating back to 2003 and there are 45 balls total um over uh, over the course of last year's tournament so again some math that, that could be extremely variant because we've seen guys like tiger put two in the drink right like but I, i'm guessing that these guys hopefully hopefully know that they can't win the tournament on thursday but they can definitely play themselves out play themselves out of it so that's a prop i like you gotta lay juice i think it's one fi- minus 150 on the on dk sportsbook Kyle asks, Kisner, Horschel, Sergio, Matt Wallace, Shez Reeby, or Cameron Smith. Of those guys, I like Horschel the best. Although, I was on The Ringer yesterday with Joe House, and following me on the show was Matt Wallace. So I, I, got, the, I got the bump over Matt Wallace. I was a bigger guest than Matt Wallace was, which I really appreciate. Oh, so it doesn't work like boxing or like UFC. You're not the undercard. It, was, it works the other way. Yeah, no, in podcasting, if you go last, yeah. you, you tend to be buried a little bit. Yeah, I'll go Kisner. Just uh, to be a little different than you. 
Thoughts on KH Lee? I initially came into the week wanting to use KH Lee, and he was one of my last cuts from the 6K ring. So I do like him, but not enough to play him over some of the upper, like the Gooches of the world, who I just think are better scorers. And it was all weather-related, where I saw that the weather wasn't going to be overly gusty, that if it was, KH Lee would be definitely in my player pool. But where it's not, someone like Gooch, who just kind of dials in and makes a bunch of birdies, looks like a better fit for this tournament. Yeah, uh, he's, he's this other guy right around him. Well, he's a hundred dollars more. What do you think of Victor Perez? VP? The, yeah, VP. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm out. Uh, I, I mean, by world rankings, I think that he is the most undervalued player in the field. But I mean, we've seen him yeah. now once at a WGC, and he was a fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah, uh, we already talked about the guys that like in the six K range. Cagely, I mean, yeah, he he made the most of his opportunity last week um but yeah i'm not on him this week ah if rory can keep the putter going all four rounds there is no stopping him thanks yeah very good i mean did i wonder how much studying that took to come up with that take that that's just blowing my mind uh it would be nice though it would be nice to like to have like when you and i are doing our research and it just kind of, I mean, which in a lot of ways, right? Which is kind of nice. You kind of come on these shows and you, you say, this is how I'm feeling. But come on, you're talking about the best player in the world. <laughs> if his putter gets going, that he's going to win. Yes, clearly that's the case. Come on. Brian Webb asks, any love for Zach Johnson? I don't hate Zach Johnson. He's the minimum price on DraftKings. I ended up going with Duffner and Hubbard down in that range because of actual like birdie potential. But I, I like like Jimmy Walker and Zach Johnson. I have no problem with them. I'm just not using with them. I could easily have said, you know, no Hubbard, no Duffner, and use those two instead because those would be the two I would have went to. That's wild. I mean, T Dunks is down there at six K. Um, like Charlie Hoffman, uh, he's another guy who kind of pops up out of nowhere in these bigger tournaments, I'm more so like Augusta type tournaments, but. Again, if you talk about like the prestige of the players and what this means for these guys, the biggest purse is 2.7 mil to number one, 50 mil purse overall. And I think what's the, the is it three year exemption or is it still two year for winning here? It's a three year exemption. That's how yeah, C, so that's, like, how, that's how Siwoo is still in all this stuff. Okay, yeah. Then that's the I mean, look, I mean, like these guys clearly want to win, right? And so the, the min price, if you're going up top and you want to just go heavy set on Rory and these guys, absolutely, man. Charlie Hoffman and these other guys down here at 6K. Are, not bad uh, place. Talk about correlating courses. I think I've done that five times so far, so you can just rewind. Hama or Scheffler? I'm out on both of them. I do. Pre- I mean, Scheffler's more expensive, but I just think that Scheffler is significantly better than Max Hama. Yeah, same. Okay. Uh, Joel or Hama? It's neither for both of us. As we, are at, it's neither for me. You went neither as well, right? Oh, uh, you're talking about Joel Damen. Yeah, J- Joel Damen. Um, I actually like I dominate the top 20 for me, um, but I'm not using him in DraftKings. Any love for Von Taylor? I can tell you who loves Von Taylor, as they do every week. Projections. Love Von Taylor all the time. Uh, I just can't get there with him this week. I like other guys in his range more. I wouldn't sweat using him. I, I think he's a fine play, but he's also Von Taylor. And he has some bad rounds in him. Yeah, your boy Christian Bazudenho right there by, by Von Taylor. Um, no, I, I'm out on, on Von Taylor. Uh, Bryson ownership, I have him as the third highest at 24% right now. Yeah, I mean, it, you think he'd be a good fade at that that ownership? I'm fa- well, I, am, I am fading him, so yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not fading him. Uh, I think that's, 
again, 25% actually for Bryce and not thinking about it is pretty damn high, but he's just playing too well. Yeah, listen, it, chalk doesn't matter if you think the person's yeah. like going to win. Use the guys yeah. that you think are going to win. It's when you start getting dicey on guys like, oh, I like this guy as much as this guy. This guy is eight times as more owned. Just use the other guy. Use that as your tiebreaker. Can answer top five? Like I said, if they're in the field, they can not only top five, they could win. Anyway, wow. throwing that out there. Xander ownership went over that recently. What are your thoughts on starting with DJ and Hideki? Starting your lives with DJ, if he's going to be like 10%, is going to be relatively unique, and it opens up a lot of salary for you. So I, I don't mind any lineup, really, that starts with DJ. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you just look at this chat, I mean, this is what, the sixth or seventh question uh, of different sort of variations or iterations of it, right? Like starting with DJ or Brooks, DJ this, DJ. Like that's, that's going to be a potentially... Uh, a popular play amongst us here because DJ is a, you know, he's a good player. So it's not a bad start at all. Uh, thoughts on pairing Damon with Werner. Do you think that's contrarian? Anything using Joel Damon this week is not going to be contrarian. Maybe <laughs> he doesn't come in as high as I have projected, like 14, 15%. Maybe it's only like 11 or 12, but that's going to be way higher than everyone else around him. Werner's fine. Well, and I'm, yeah, not fine. I, I'm not saying don't use Joel Damon. It's just, I find there was one year at the masters where I think Hoffman and nah were super chalky in the low sixes back before the pricing readjusted. And both those guys were in the winning lineup and everyone used them. That's really the only time I can think of it working out perfectly. So Hama and Damon just to me seem like fades. Uh, this guy's yeah. asking about Xander ownership. Again, we've given it out, but if you just want to use the 20% off code at fantasynational.com, fantasynational.com slash PME. We'll give that to you. You can go search all the ownership percentages you want. Is Bud Cully a good pivot in the low sixes? I actually think he is. Yeah, short game extraordinaire, Bud Cully. Absolutely. I like right. Any thoughts on the minimum price, guys? We've been through this. This guy keeps asking about the Xander ownership. If I see it one time, you're going to be fucking banned for life. Any Christian Bezinenuchte exposure? <laughs> no. I used all my C-Bez exposure last week. Maybe I should be doing it. He's an excellent putter, good short game player, got locked in with the irons. I'm just really mad about Sunday. I just need him to shoot like, 75 and everything would have been great but he didn't he shot 78 or 80 or something yeah i mean like he's like one of these south african guys that we you know we kind of all like they they play good in win clearly right you can look like brandon grace in difficult conditions or harder conditions um evr ernie l's way back when so like when you get him that's why we saw him pop in the florida like last week so i don't mind it um again what is he 6800 yeah there he is um Again, I have some guys in that range. I don't mind it at all, but don't go overweight on Christian just because you saw him do well last week. Graham McDowell, question mark. I'm using Graham McDowell. So there we go. I like him. I am not. Okay. Any love for Mac Hughes or Ryan Palmer? I like me some Ryan Palmer. <laughs> yeah, Palmer's good. We talked about him. Oh, phenomenal job, Paul, on the pronunciation, but it's not an Indian name, so I was wrong on that. So I was wrong, Paul was right, so... Any love for Johnny Vegas? None from me. Nope. I think Rick was on him when he was on the show, though. Can Hatton continue? Does he continue with success? He could be all right. I just, at $7,400, I can find guys that I like more. Yeah, um, I'm out on Hatton. CT Pan won Heritage? Question mark. He did. That's correct. <laughs> nice work. Favorite sub 7K play? It's Ryan Palmer for me. Cam Champ for me. Me and Cuss, baby. Hama or Danny Lee? I, I got neither, but I would play Lee first. Yeah, same. Uh, any indication whether this will be Honda Danny Lee or Arnold Palmer Danny Lee? Uh, no, I don't know. 
what would be the indication though? Like, like there, is, there is Danny Lee. There actually is none. Right. I was going to say Danny Lee comes out of nowhere. He's like with Adam Hadwin and all these guys who just come out of nowhere. Um, so no, he's like James Hahn, right. Goes eight missed cuts and then wins. Um, so no, uh, I don't know what you would try and figure out with Danny Lee. Cause it could happen or it could go really, really bad. Uh, any Victor Perez love? We just did that. How do we feel that live coverage is going to go? Where and when does it air? It's on the PGA Tour live app. I saw a lot of discussion about this, that if you have the Amazon account in the States, that you will not be able to watch it. You have to get the NBC Gold, which sucks. It does appear in Canada and other places around the world where Golf TV owns those rights, that it'll all be accessed through Golf.TV. I think in Britain it might be a Sky Sports app that could have it, but it does look like it's going to work. But if you have Amazon, you're kind of fucked, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah i mean it's like that's just the way of the world here is that if you have amazon you're like you're their beck and call so no like just do the monthly i think it's 9.99 per month just do that and then if you don't like it just cancel it uh this guy's complaining about the pricing of people i don't give a shit what the pricing is the pricing is what it is like, yeah well, i don't make the fucking pricing so how do i know that's this- nice too you got it before the tournament ended last week and so you get leverage spots yeah is Scott Piercy a viable pivot from Max Hama or Damon? I mean, if it's all about right-wing conspiracies, then oh. if you get bonus points for that, Scott Piercy's your man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that. No yeah. way. Uh, yeah. I like other guys better. <laughs> yeah, uh, do, do you think having a total ownership of 90% is fine or too chalky? I think that's right around where you want to be. I would go less than that, but I don't think that's like out of control. No. Again, it's your lineup. Yeah, do, do, it, do whatever you want, man. Take the six chalkiest guys. Maybe everyone will talk themselves out of those plays, and all of a sudden, your Rory, Bryson, Webb, Damon, Morik- Hama, Morikawa lineup <laughs> is just fire. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Just throw one in like a single unit, like a single bullet. Just do that. Uh, this guy says, Sungjae 44 on Betfair. Massive price. I mean, these aren't fucking questions. You're banned for life. Fuck off. This is a chat. Chat to ask us questions, not a chat to hear yourself fucking talk. That's what I get to do. You start your own fucking show if you want that. Does Ryan Palmer get triggered again when he hits the ball on the drink on 17? I'm really praying that doesn't happen. Did he get triggered? I mean, it, he hits the ball in the water a lot. I mean, he didn't get triggered yeah. when he couldn't get out of the bunker at Riviera, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, Missed you guys talk about the 6K range? Well, then just hit the fucking rewind button, pal. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> Pat, who would you pick, Homer or Danny Lee? It'd be Danny Lee. Uh... Yep. This guy is saying who he's out on. I don't care. You're banned for life. Uh, Sned too cheap. I think so. Head-to-head, Finau versus Casey. I bet them both at the same number. So push. Bet push on that at 16 to 1. Give me Finau. Come on. One time, Finau. This is it. Like, this might be his breakout win. Uh, Puerto Rico stuff. Come on. See, these are the questions I'm looking for right here. Would you start a lineup with Rom, Reed, and Sabatini? I mean, sure. I don't think anyone else is doing that. No. And Rory or Sabatini always plays these difficult fields and courses, right? Like better than expected. And so I don't mind that at all. Um, I forget what a price range he's in currently, but like no one's talking about him. Right. And so you're getting that good ownership and Patrick Reed, we clearly see what his current form is and he's number one in putting. He's making every single thing. So I don't mind it. Sabatini is $6,800. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't hate that, but I think this course plays easier than what we've seen the past two weeks, especially if the wind is going to sure. be down, then maybe it's not as grindery that it normally is. Is Snedeker too cheap? Yes. Any love for Kevin Na from you, Mr. Fowler? Man, I wanted to. I wanted to fit it in somehow. That's what she said. Um, but no, no love. Yeah, nah for me as nah. well. Pick one, Morikawa, Snedeker, Scheffler, Day, or Ann. I'll go with Sneds. What was it? 
Morikawa. Snedeker, Scheffler, Day, or Benahan? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I'll go with uh, Snedeker in that one. Who who make the cut this weekend? Phil or Jordan? Neither. Going back yeah. to Sam Burns again? First round leader only for me. No Sam Burns for me. Sorry. Out. Guy's so good at putting on Bermuda. I know. God, I know. Uh, might be late on this, but how are you feeling about Reed? Reed Patrick Reed, not Reed Fowler. Even at his price, I feel like he's going overlooked. Completely agree. I'm using Patrick Reed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thoughts on nasty Nate Lashley? I actually have none except for the fact that I learned that his wife is super hot. Yeah, he has a really cool story too. Go back and and you know go on YouTube or whatever it was. Golf Channel did an expose, I believe, I believe on his story leading up to where he's coming or leading up to this tournament. And so uh, watch that. Um, but I'm not using any Nate. Uh, is fading Morikawa more to do with ownership or experience, or you prefer other players? I think it's a combination of all three. I think Morikawa, talent-wise and projection-wise, is the best of that range of players, but I know that he's going to be one of the three highest-owned players. He's never played this course before, so I- I'm just making a you know deduction that maybe he doesn't perform as well here as he's done at other places, even first-time places that he's went to, because this is such a unique course. that And I get to box out so much of the field if he does perform poorly, so that's where I'm at. This guy asks, can I get banned for life? Absolutely. And go fuck yourself on the way out, too. Uh, any correlation to the fact that English players get jealous or motivated when one of oh. their people win? I, what are you talking about? Wow. But what if that's inside information? What if this person knows that they do? Sure. Okay. Use, use that. Okay. That, that, that take is in the cuss zone. No. Exactly. <laughs> McDowell and ZJ or Collie, Collie or Damon? I'd probably go McDowell and ZJ. Hmm. I'll go to Damon's side. Okay. How much salary is too much salary to leave on the table? I think the most I have in any lineup is 900 left on the table. Yeah, mine's 700. Mm-hmm. Love the game theory and the Fantasy National mixed condition model. Who doesn't? FantasyNational.com slash PME. 20% off, by the way. Struggling to balance the two. Are the low ownership guys you are into, Snedeker, Palmer, Scott, also popping in your model? Um, when I, I really factored out with those correlation courses I talked about. And those guys, I mean, Scott just plays well at this event all the time. He's playing well right now. He's won in almost every course in Florida. So that really goes a long way for me. Plus, he can really dial in these irons when he gets hot. So that's why I like him. Snedeker and Palmer are pure correlation course plays. Again, Wyndham, Sony, Eastlake, Heritage, uh, PGA National. These short Bermuda courses, Snedeker and Palmer tend to play really well, plus they're low ownership. So there are guys that are rated right around them, but coming at higher ownership, I'll just take the lower ownership guys. Yeah, and so in my mixed condition, I went Pete Dye, um, Tita Green over 36 rounds, uh, fast Bermuda putting or last 50, and then Ops gained and Birdie or better gained. I just wanted to see kind of a, where these guys are at current and then also digging in the history. Brian Harmon is is someone that performs well in that 6K range. Cameron, Cameron Champ, again, is another one. So those would be the two guys in my model that I use that I like. Uh, let's see. Wolf coming in less than 100%. Any love? <sighs> nah, not here. No, same. Uh, 7,300, who do you prefer, Fitz or Poulter? Neither for me. Poulter for me. Okay. Pat, love your analysis, as always. I love you, Nick Johnson. How about Jason Day for low ownership? Yeah, listen. If he plays, then he's going to be worth it at 3% ownership. But you have to live with the fact that if you take him, don't be the first person out there to be like, I can't believe Jason Day withdrew. Like, you know what you're fucking getting into with Jason Day. Like, live with the result that it could be a zero. And then if you yeah. do that and you've come to terms with it, by all means, use him. 
Right. And then really think, yeah, like lean into the reason why you want to play Jason Day. Like, don't don't shy away from that. Yeah. If he wasn't hurt and he had played well last week, yeah. everyone would be using Jason Day. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Russell Henley. Does do his iron stay hot? He gained over 10 point over 10 strokes gained on approach at the Honda. Yeah, that is something that is not going to sustain itself. But if he just gained five this week or four, he'd still be a really good play. I just don't know. He, I think it is three in a row for him now. Yeah, 1.2 at Phoenix, 3.7 at Genesis, 10.6 at Honda. If he turns the putter around, like he's looking like a pretty good play. I might have to readjust yeah. a little bit because I know you're on Henley. Maybe I need to get into that as well. Yeah, he's when he's 32nd, right? Looking at my mixed model, strokes game putting over the last 50 on fast Bermuda. So, again, he, that's the reason why, too, I like a guy like Xander a little bit more. I'm going heavyweight on him. A guy like Cam Champ to match, uh, to match that distance. I'm looking at these guys who can putt well because that thing always remains the same at, at TBC Sawgrass. Uh, these greens are extremely firm and fast. So, that's why I really, really like Henley in this spot. Uh, remember, if you're still sticking around, smash that like button. It goes a long way to help keeping this show free and going for as long as we've been going. We're over an hour and a half into it right now. Y'all are great. You're great, Kyle Derrick. Pick two. The Todd Father, Hadwin, Poulter, Damon, Hovland, Grace, Neiman, Berger, or the Gooch, or Vegas. I will go with Todd and Gooch because those are the only two players of that list that I'm going to use. How about this one? This guy says he's an insider with Hatton's Party and Beer, McDowell, and Poulter. I don't know if I believe this guy. Remember that one time that like, I was talking about KJ Choi last year and he knew KJ Choi? We're like, no, you don't know KJ Choi. And then it tend- ended up him actually giving us some information that we liked. Yeah. I'm actually going to believe this guy. All right. There you go. Play all the Brits then. Yeah. Play all the Brits. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm on the inside. I'm watching fantasy golf shows on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> uh, Shane Lowry or Matt Kuchar? Neither for me, but uh, between the two, I guess I'd go Shane Lowry. I'll go Kuchar there. Billy Ho, love? Yes, I will be using Billy Horschel. I like him this week. Yep, Billy Ho's good. Laird percentage? I'm zero. Zero point <laughs> one, just for variance. Uh, let's see. Not totally players tourney related. Why doesn't PGA have player update info to help us out, like injury reports? We've been through this millions of times. Because we don't know. It's not like there's team doctors evaluating these guys. It's whatever they tell you. So, yeah, and they're independent contractors. So yeah, they, they don't have to tell you anything. They don't have to say anything. Uh, let's see. Mr. Fowler, who are your outright winners? We went over the betting cards at the beginning. I believe you made your picks at 731 of this show, if you want to rewind to that. Any love for Cameron Tringali? Not really for me. The model likes no, him. But he... I... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, the model likes him this week. I don't. Yeah, same. Worried about Cantley's time off or solid pick? He's my pick to win, so I'm incredibly worried about him. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, no, don't worry about that, man. He's one of the best. Look at his stats. Come on. Uh, did Ander Cuck actually put in his bets this week? How the fuck am I supposed to know? I'm not his babysitter. Uh, will C. Wu ever be great again? Hopefully. He needs to be like a, more like America, Reed. Be great again. <laughs> this show is turning into something interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. C. Wu... Yeah, why not? Let's, come on, Siwoo. I mean, you, you, you did us well, so like in 2017, you just got to get that driver and, and, you know, not blow up on every other hole. Um, and this is the one spot, man. If there is a spot that he can get back to, to good graces, it's here. So I want him to just because of what he did for all of us back way back when. Man, he's been playing terrible recent. 
Yeah, I mean, he's 300 to one. You want to throw five bucks yeah. on Siwoo? Go for it. I might do yeah. the same just for peace of mind. Uh, I, we're basically like Alan Alda in that episode of The West Wing when the nuclear plant melts down where you're just trying to, like, wear everyone out. We're down to, like, actually, like, I'm at the bottom of the chat. There are a few <laughs> questions left, so we're going to go five more minutes if no one has more questions. There's five in the queue right now. That's as many as we're going to take. We only got to 143 likes. We got to like 200 likes. I see the people watch it. There's plenty of people out there to smash that like button. They're just not doing it, Reed. I don't know what they're up to. But Adam says, thoughts on DJ? Good value? Yes, we went over this. Ortiz, Munoz, Garcia, GPP. How about none of them? What do you think about that? Yeah, none of them. Do you prefer strokes gain tee to green or off the tee to build lineups this week? Well, since off the tee is a part of tee to green, I'd use approach. And not either of those two? <laughs> yeah, I would lean Tita Green in a mixed model for die courses to see how these guys navigate through those courses. Here, I'd go approach overall, like first overall. And then, I mean, off the tee is fine. Like like I mentioned earlier, right? Guys who performed well off the tee won, like Rory and Siwa at that time. But you also got to take into account, Rory is one of the best players, period. So um, I don't take it into a huge account, but I can see why you'd want to here. Uh, let's see. Any love for Russell Knox? Four straight missed cuts, but three strokes gained on approach last week. We went over Knox, I believe, on Monday's show. Uh, it worries me that his history at the 17th hole is like the worst in the field. Him and I mean, I ended up going with Palmer, who also sucks on 17. But there's just something about Russell Knox. I get it. I get all the logic. If you want to play him, go for it. I don't think it's a bad play. I just can't stomach it. Yeah, I'm not going to play him either. Uh, M. Casey Fowler answer fits. Pick two for me. Fowler and M. Ooh, I'll go M. It was Cantley in there? No, it was Casey. Oh, yeah, then Casey. Do you worry about Cantley's ability to do celebratory yayo if he wins? Could be a huge deterrent. For <laughs> Cantley, I want him to. I want the mic. I want a hot mic to pick up what he was saying to his caddy again. That was one of the best things at the uh, Kapalua. It was, it was great. Listen, if he wins and he wants to get into the yayo after he wins, his like $3 million paycheck will probably be enough to get him out of any charges. So it's all yeah. good for Patrick Cantley if that's what he's into. Would you ignore Hatton entirely this week off his win? I wouldn't. I am because he's so goddamn popular. That's really the reason with Hatton. Uh, I, think that yeah. he could, I think that he could do really well at this course. But you know, if 15% of the field is going to think the exact same thing i'll think something else yeah and that's where i would differentiate right because you can build a case around guys like kids or bubba or other guys in that 7k range um as opposed to why you would want to really smash hatton in these spots again don't correlate it the same way we talked about this earlier that sunjay m what he did back to back to what Hatton can potentially do back to back we haven't seen it yet from hatton we've seen it before from him want to say thanks for the show. Thank you for watching. Thank you all out there for watching. Smash the like if you did like it. If you didn't like it, well, I mean, it's probably half you out there, but you know, no one fucking cares about that. Just don't watch. It's that easy. Who throws in the biggest lipper this week? The dip, DJ, or Duffner? It's got to be Duffner. Oh, yeah, it's got to be Duffner. He just, he just has that, that aura about him. I love it, man. Luke List or Patrick Rogers, final spot? Neither. You can check out my cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com or just have listened to the show to know who I like in the 6K range. Any love for Danny Lee? No. You? Nope. Last two. Fitzpatrick, Leishman, Poulter. Pick one. I'm playing neither, but I'll go with Poulter. Same. Very last question. Reed, Fowler, or Reed, Fowler? Pick one. Oh, this one right here. Give me a give me a break. I will take the Jason Day doppelganger. Reed Fowler. Better. I mean, that's unfair to you. You're in far better shape than Jason Day is. <laughs> that's not true. 
Actually, it, it is. You're right. That, that is true. You're 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 svelte. Jason Day has been he's been adding the old dad weight over the years. I know what that's like. <laughs> he's got the Disney World dad bod going yeah. on there. All right, yeah. that'll do it. An hour and 40-minute live chat. It's been a while since we've done a live chat, Reed. Thank you so much for this week. Uh, if you check out the PGA Twitter right now, Reed has his video live from Sawgrass up there now. And uh, stay away from coronavirus. Stay at your house. Yeah. We got a, in the city of or the state of Massachusetts, it's a, uh, what is it, a state of emergency. So we all got to stay indoors. Um, but yeah, go, go to the PGA Tour Twitter handle. Go to my Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. You got all stuff there. I'm working with Action Network to get bets that were going to come through even uh at the end of today uh, my final sort of betting card so go check that out but uh yeah this is great just let's keep on doing this man yeah congratulations i i saw this morning that you're now a part of the new action action network golf team in partnership with the pga huge congrats on that oh thanks appreciate it yeah no problem it's less work that i have to do it's perfect <laughs> Uh, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Cut Sweat Live Friday afternoon. Be there. And I might ban you for life if you're lucky enough. I told you about the giveaways. Fantasy National, 20% off. Smash the like on your way out. My betting card, am I to make the cut parlay? I will release here momentarily. Once I go have a sig and give like five minutes of thought on whether or not I want to add Dustin Johnson or Adam Scott to my betting card, I might not. You'll have to tune in to find out. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!